Greetings, folks. Welcome to episode 120 of the Farbent Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. I've got a wild one for you. As Carson from the Callous Dowboys discusses his first band, and I recommend the Brighton UK progressive band Carbon Theory. Before all that, I welcome Martine Westerholt from Delane back on the show. We first chatted in 2020, and a lot has changed since then, both in the world and in the band. We're talking about the band's new lineup and the whole process of rebuilding the band, as well as how they got to their new album, Dark Waters. Then we're also talking pirates, Star Wars, and a lot more. Now before we begin my chat with Martine from Delane, here's a bit of Moth to a Flame from the new album Dark Waters. Howdy. Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. How are things? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Just kind of playing with some levels on my end. Ah, great. How's uh how's your afternoon, I believe, going? Yes, it's afternoon here. Good, good. Yeah, it's a nice and quiet afternoon. So I was able to make some music and uh, where where are you uh situated? I'm in Northern California outside of Sacramento in a town called Davis. Ah wonderful my wife is from california i love i love the south the southwest yes <laughs> uh yeah i think last time we talked you said she's from the greater la area yes she's from orange county yeah and uh how so uh full disclosure we talked me three years ago before you know everything closed down and all that stuff and uh, so already sounds like a lot's happened with you one of the things is last time we spoke you had a fiance she was just moving over learning <laughs> learning dutch and whatnot how has all that been so you're married now how's her yes, how's her married we had a very um original um wedding going to uh las vegas oh nice <laughs> very original no but it was actually uh pretty nice and uh, family was there and uh and uh yeah she lives in the netherlands with me and uh we're actually going back to see her family in February. So that's coming up soon. So we're really looking forward to it. So yeah, it has been a roller coaster the last three years. <laughs> How is a um so your your Vegas wedding, did you have an Elvis impersonator? Like who was your your uh, officiant? <laughs> no, we didn't have an Elvis impersonator. We just had a a, a kind of a, a pastor. Uh however, after us there was an Elvis impersonator prepping. And accidentally, he was in the family picture. So we had a Elvis photo bombing our um, our uh, family picture, which <laughs> I really love, actually. <laughs> Look, if you're gonna have any, you know, uh, impersonator, it's got to be Elvis, it, especially if it's yes. a Vegas wedding. It just paints it perfectly. I know. I totally agree. And the funny thing is, well, funny. Um, uh, we were married um, 2020, February 29, and. Uh, I think two weeks later, Vegas closed down right. because of COVID. So we were just in the nick of time. Like a week later, they closed the buffets and stuff in hotels. And uh, yeah. So other than getting married, like the last three years have been a whirlwind for a lot of people. How have you like 
you know, coped with being off the road as much? And have you picked up any new hobbies or anything like that? Or is it just like doubling down on delaying stuff? Um, no, actually, yeah, of course, you, you noticed that we had a huge change. And um, um, uh, that kind of started, we started to talk about solutions, how to solve that um, before COVID, so, so around January. And then indeed everything closed down. Uh, so in hindsight, uh, for me, that was a kind of a huge blessing uh, because I, I was way too busy before that, got into a burnout and then um, the guys in the band wanted to change things completely. And, and we tried to, to um, solve that to everybody's satisfaction and that obviously failed. So that was very sad for everybody. But there was the lockdown and there was COVID. And so there wasn't much uh, we could do anyway. So in my case, it was a blessing. But I really used my time to, uh, after all that, use my time to uh, to uh, write music again and to see if there would still be a future for Delane or not. And here we are. <laughs> and I don't want to fix it too much on the lineup changes, but I, I want to ask you your experience about like, because uh, it's been in the press that this is more of like a solo project kind of thing, more as it was in the beginning. But how has been how has rebuilding the band been for you because i'm i'm you know an adult in my 30s trying to do a band thing but i also have the day job and it's so disheartening just finding time when it's not my absolute job it's of course your job so it might be you have the blessing of it being sort of the thing you do but it still seems like it would be difficult to get that that motivation just to like find more people and stuff uh, well, the motivation in my case was not really a, a, a problem, but after uh, that, those uh, talks uh, were done and, and we all concluded, okay, that this is kind of it. Um, then uh, that's also the mi biggest misconception that like some people think that I wanted to change things and therefore they left, but that's not the case. Only after we were done trying to figure it out, then they decided to leave the three guys were talking about him because of that charlotte left and was kind of like everything collapsed um and then i thought okay can i still continue and if so how and then i had to conclude okay if i want enough delaying dna because that's imperative having enough delaying dna present to be able to continue then i the only way i see is doing it as a project and i'm blessed with with a lot of people that I know who are in the music scene um, that wanted to help out. And they told me, Martijn, you should not stop. You should continue. And then my like two former band members also returned. And in the meantime, I already announced that I was planning to continue as a project. But because they returned and also some other things, I had to conclude that there was so much delay in DNA that, um, that I wanted to continue as a band. Um, so then we continued as a band. And that meant I had to search for a singer. And that's the most difficult part because, okay, I, I can make the music, uh, but I also need a good singer because those two things are essential. If you if you can write music and you have a great, a great uh, singer um, and band, of course. Uh, and that was actually a nice process so the motivation was not really uh really a, a problem there but yeah you don't know you need, need a little bit of luck as well if you don't, cannot find the right people yeah then it's going to be difficult and and indeed as you say it's also 
because it's my job, I I I have the focus for it. If you have a normal job, then it's indeed way more difficult, I can imagine. And I really respect people who do this at the side, who have their job and their things going on, and then do this on top of that. Yeah, that's really difficult. How did you meet Diana? Because like, I feel like I, I know a lot about metal bands and based through writing and doing the podcast, but she's an, a new name to me, at least. Um, yeah, no, to me, she was a new name as well. Um, so what I did, one of the things I did is um, going on YouTube and looking for channels where people do covers of bands I like and 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 see yeah, how that sounds. And one of those channels was a channel of Diana. And uh, I was really impressed when I saw uh, she was doing a Nightwish cover and a Winter Temptation cover, also some pop stuff, Christina Aguilera, I think, and some other things. Um, uh, and um, so I wrote down her name and I thought, yeah, I should contact her at one point. I have no idea where she's from, though. And I tried to look that up and it looked like she was from Canada. I thought, oh, geez, that's far away from me. But um, I'm going to write down the name anyway. Um, and um, within a week of doing that, writing down her name, I saw a, a, a comment of hers on our Instagram post. We did an Instagram post on delay and just, a, I don't know what it was, just a general Instagram post. And she said, if you ever look for a, a singer, you can always contact me with a smiley face or something like that. And I thought like, wow, this is too much coincidence. Um, I should really contact her. And I did. And I found out that she lived in Italy, uh, and Italy from the Netherlands. Well, still not around the corner, but it's like flying from uh, Sacramento to, uh, well, let's say Denver or something. Sure. All right. Something like that. Um, so it's doable. Um, and um, so, yeah, then we got in touch and uh, it was nice. And I, I sent her some old and some new material. I was a bit mean with the new material, with the old material, because <laughs> I sent her two of the most difficult songs to sing. Uh, That's the songs "Masters of Destiny" and "Burning Bridges" from her previous album, because the vocal range is everywhere. And I got it back within a day, which I was already really surprised about. And then, um, uh, then I played it, and it knocked me off my chair. I was so impressed; it, was, it sounded so incredibly good. And so I decided to invite her over and well, the rest is history. And here we are. <laughs> and, and now I'm sure as, as soon as these interviews you've been doing for this album come out, more people are going to start commenting on your posts. Like, Hey, if you're ever looking for a bassist, Hey, if you're ever looking for a tambourine player. <laughs> and cause I think that's how you find all your members now. So uh, I wish you luck with that influx of comments you're going to get soon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, actually uh, with our bass player, we um, Ludo, he's also from Italy which is a coincidence. Uh, we contacted him. He's a guitar player, actually. Mm -hmm. Ronald, uh, our, our guitarist, uh, stumbled upon him, and we asked him if he wa was willing to play bass in delay. And uh, yeah, so as I said, you have to be very lucky too. It has to be a combination of things. Sure. Uh, I feel like there's a lot going on with this album, more so than Apocalypse and Show, which, you know, had live choirs and all this. Like, there's a lot of guest appearances, and musically it just feels bigger. Uh, what sort of challenges did you face for yourself, either personally trying to outdo yourself here than you did on previous records? Yeah, good question. Because, indeed, I really, I felt the urge, really the urge to prove myself. And I thought, okay, you know, but, uh, after that lineup change, 
I really have to show that the lane is still the lane, the sound is still there, and 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 people hopefully like it, like the music. Uh, so I really felt pressure there. But I have to say, for the rest, it kind of was business as usual. The way because I worked exactly the way, the same way we yeah we always worked. Uh, I have a, our co-writer Gus who helps us uh, with writing. With the same mixing engineer, although we also we partially had a new mixing engineer. We we, we work with two mixing engineers. Uh, we had the same orchestral uh, composer, like like arranger. So I do the orchestrals together with an uh, orchestral arranger from Finland. So that was kind of all the same. And when it comes to the recordings, Gus actually also always recorded a lot of guitars already, uh, except on the on the previous last album, Timo did uh, I think almost everything. In terms of a guitar recording, but before that, always Gus did it. Um, uh, so for the rest, of, it was only the singing that was really um, a, a cool adventure. So trying things out, trying to record at home, trying to record uh, with a certain producer, and um, and that was really um, really cool. Uh, but for the rest, it it was really yeah. I see this as a transitioning record uh, because you have a new lineup. But at the same time, you work the same way, um, and and yeah, you know, every album I say, okay, it has to be heavier. <laughs> every album I want it to be heavier and more metal, but that's kind of the intention. But then, kind of your creativity takes over, and yeah, it happens what happens. And I always compare it if you have dough for bread, you put it in the oven, and it comes out a certain way, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I let that happen, and then we we see what we have. I'm yeah. I'm fascinated by you setting out to be heavier and heavier with every release, and like this mental list of things you want to do. Because I do that as well with music, where I have this idea where I want to make like a ocean style post metal song, and when it's done, it's nothing like that. What is yeah, one of the exactly. What is one of the songs that you like wrote down? I want this song to sound like this, and instead it came out completely different on the new record. Um. I think um, I think uh, uh, the the question the curse because it had this heavy guitar riff in the beginning. Actually, Ronald, our current guitar player, wrote that riff, awesome riff. And I thought, okay, this whole song is gonna be this heavy, but when you hear the the chorus, it's it's more like a, yeah, I don't know, it's a, more like a, a soft chorus and not like this tough. I would almost say five finger death punch kind of chorus. Uh, so it, it completely changes, and in the middle part two, it, it 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 becomes orchestral, and I'm really happy with it. But it yeah turned out different than I than I initially thought it would. That was some of Beneath from Dark Waters by the band Delane. I'll have more with Martine from Delane in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Carson from the Callous Dowboys discusses his heavy origins. Oh, gosh. Um, 
hang on, let me let me run back in the memory archives. Um, I'm also my manager texted me to uh, make sure I was in this interview. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I, I got a text from our manager just being like, "Are you in the interview? Please say yes." Um, <laughs> my first band. I believe we called ourselves Tunnel Vision. Okay. Um, and we sounded like um, we sounded like the first band anyone comes up with, uh, where it's like you know uh, it just sounds like Green Day. And uh, I think the only song we ever learned was Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Um, and I think we wrote a couple songs. It was me and my friend Austin Ruoff. Um, first and last name. Cause I literally haven't talked to him in so long. And, uh, I wish you would, uh, I wish you would send me a text back. That would be cool. But, um, he, yeah, he was in like all, we were in a band together until like 10th grade. We just had like multiple bands over and over and over together. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just thought it was like, I, I don't know. We we thought it was so cool to uh, to know how to play Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes damn near perfectly. And uh, to be honest, we did rip that shit. So uh, you know, any any time that was also the first band I like ever sang in. Um, and like, I remember his dad coming down to the basement and being like, "You know, you're not bad at that." And I was like, "Not bad. I'll take it." <laughs> um, and then. I don't think I sang in another band until the Dow Boys. So um, it's funny how that works out. <laughs> now, you said up until 10th grade with this guy. How old were you when this band started? Oh, sixth grade. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, no, we 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 called our, the two of us called ourselves a band since sixth grade. Um, Adorable. We met at a, we met at a football camp um, the summer before sixth grade. And then uh, we were like, neither of us are very athletic. So let's, um. Let's play music instead. Wonderful. Callous Dowboy's latest album, Celebrity Therapist, is out now. You can get your copy and find dates for the band's current tour with 156 Silence, Virals, and Drugs over at thecallousdowboys.com. Now, before I conclude my chat with Martine from Delane, here is some of The Quest and the Curse from Dark Waters. One thing that caught my eye, especially about the the album's cover, is there's kind of some and the name. There are allusions to pirates. 
Uh, is that kind of a, a lore that you're a fan of in general? And is this, are you guys setting sail on the new seas as a pirate metal band? Uh, oh, no, absolutely not. Actually, we even tried to get some of the pirate out because to us, the, the combination we wanted, we were aiming for was water mm-hmm. because, uh, and that's also dark waters because, yeah, delaying, delaying almost drowned, so to say. Yeah, it was almost over, but somehow it reappear, reappeared at the surface. So we wanted water in there. And um, uh, yeah, and a tough chick is cool, of course. And we we uh, work with Glenn Arthur, who is actually also from your area, um, uh, artist. And uh, he did a couple albums for us already. It's a very typical style and I love it. Um, and so I asked him if, if we could ha- have uh, a piece of art from him on this album too. And, you know, and I had this theme in my head and he had this pirate art um, piece. Um, so we, we were allowed and able to use that. He was really helpful. But we had to get rid of the eye patch and the, the pirate hook. And so if you look at the original uh, piece of art, then it's indeed a pirate a pirate uh, a painting. So we tried to mellow that down a little bit, but of course there's still the pirate hat. It's, it's and, very and, much and, the hat. <laughs> so, so you can still still see that. So, and that that is okay. So, but it's not typically the pirate thing I, because at our label there are already more than enough pirate bands. So. Sure. <laughs> uh, something I've noticed about the last few albums, this kind of changing gears a little bit, is that you have put out... Um, orchestral versions of some of the songs and they're more cinematic sweeping versions of the tracks and i know you've got uh i have melane which i've sorry i've never heard it said out loud uh so i feel like i know the answer to this question but are our movie scores something that really influence you when you're composing and writing songs oh yes good question yes no absolutely no i love movie scores and i love the epicness and the bombast of it and you know and uh, so and i love to kind of put that in in uh, in delays music as well and in, in the music i write and uh so yeah you you noticed that really uh really well yeah who are some uh composers that film composers that you really look up to ah uh, Hans Zimmer, of course john williams those are two big whoppers already and um uh the horns that Hans Zimmer uses in his in his songs if you look at at a movie like crimson tide for example I think it's such a beautiful, um, beautiful uh, movie score there, and, and just how it builds up—it's just amazing. And uh, I love that epicness. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm really inspired by that stuff. Is is a full-on score or like orchestral thing something you can see yourself doing in the future, like a just or I don't know, orchestrating somebody or writing it for stage or one-off thing that's not metal at all? Oh, yeah. Well, the parts we do, it uh, as you uh, rightfully so already uh, remarked, we, we do that with Eye of Million already. The only thing that comes on top are our vocals. Sure. Uh, so there we do it already. But I can imagine you're more referring to a movie like an like an external thing. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I never say no to to anything. And, you know, and games is another possibility. Um, but I do have to say that that takes a lot of your creativity and time and right now at this particular moment i really have the feeling i i i need to focus on getting delaying 
uh, out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in the future, yeah, who knows? I would love to do it. Uh, so let's see, let's see what happens, <laughs> what the future brings. One of the names you mentioned actually reminded me of something. Uh, when we spoke uh, for Apocalypse and Chill, uh, I asked you about Star Wars, and you had yet to see Rise of Skywalker. It's now been three years since that. There's been so much other Star Wars stuff. One, how did you feel about Rise of Skywalker? And two, have you kept up with any of the Disney Plus shows? Um, yeah, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I started like with Mandalorian, I did, Mm -hmm. but at a certain point I found it a little bit slow and, and, and Rise of Skywalker. I liked that the Emperor was back, but you're the one that liked that (laughs) somehow, somehow, (laughs) sorry, what? He's like, somehow the Emperor returns. Yes. You're the one that enjoyed that. Exactly, but that fleet was really unrealistically big, and and so I found this the story a bit too far fetched, and also not something's not explained entirely well. Sure. So I fully enjoy it, but it's not my favorite. Sure. Yeah, you were uh, you were holding off seeing it until a friend could see it with you, which is very polite, and it seems very un uh, like fanboy of somebody to wait for a friend. So yeah. good, on, good on you. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned earlier when we first started and I saw on Instagram that you're already working on the next Elaine thing or some more music already. So I know you've got some tour dates coming up, but like how far into that are you already? Uh, the writing you mean? Yes. Yeah. No, the writing, um, yeah, right now I'm in the stage of just throwing out ideas, throwing out verses, choruses, and, um, just here and there. So I have a couple and in February, uh, no, in March, uh, um, Gus, uh, uh, Gus and me come together to uh, to write a little bit, and now perhaps then the first couple songs come out. And after that, it's indeed full focus on touring and summer festivals. And and, and yeah, and as I yeah always say, it's, those are two completely different animals: playing mm-hmm. live, doing tours, and 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 writing and producing music. And that's what makes uh, this job so incredibly fascinating because it's actually two jobs in a way. Yeah. And I've been hearing that like touring is going to be harder than ever or currently is harder than ever, as you're saying, some bands not able to make it overseas. Uh, Are you guys prepped for potentially a hard run? And uh, in that regard, when do you think you're going to be stateside again? Um, well, uh, actually, we uh, we already even have a U.S. tour uh, uh, scheduled. It's not announced yet. I would say I haven't seen it online, so that's good to know. No, Neato. No, and we're also uh, we're also coming to your area as well. Cool. Uh, and uh, it's going to be in September. And uh, I don't care. It's not announced yet. I'm I'm telling anyway. <laughs> You're telling just me. Who knows who's going to hear this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, you you can it's no problem to me absolutely no problem some um, rumors is good um, but I'm really extremely looking forward to it because I always love to play the states and indeed I won't earn a single penny on it mm-hmm. but, that's, but that's okay uh, because um, it's very important to meet uh, people and fans out there and and to be on the road and to build it up already. So I'm extremely grateful that we are able to make it overseas. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to that. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, last time you said that touring the States is intense. So uh, I'm hoping yes. for a little less intense for you, or if that's just par for the course, uh, good luck on you. And, uh, you know, I'll love to see you well, around. It's good, it's good to say so, because actually I think the tour will only have 13 shows, and that's unheard of going to the States. Because I want to start a bit slow also for the new band members. And, and then we do like the, yeah, just a, a small blocks of shows. And, and I intend to fully enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the, how are some of the newer people with full scale like festival stuff? Like have they, has uh, Diana experienced any of that before? Um, we did our very first public show. We did two tryout shows in my hometown, ah, but that great. doesn't really count. Because that's, of course, you can um, do anything there. And then it was like really, we invited fans over, like really loyal and, 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 and fan yeah, fanatical fans, so to say. And it was really emotional. But that was simply to, to get the hang of it again for especially Diana Ludo. And um, our first real public show was a festival. And I was really like, okay, here we go. But, but it went amazing i was so proud of of uh, well the whole band but also diana did so well and um yeah so so she is new with this stuff but she's learning and and picking up extremely fast and well so i'm, I'm really um grateful and, and happy yeah all right well the new album is great everybody sounds wonderful i'm looking forward to you guys coming in the fall and uh you know break a leg with everything else you got going and thank you for being back on my show I look forward to talking to you thank again you soon. so much and and it's a pleasure okay. thank you thank you all right you have a good one <laughs> take care Dark Waters by Delane will be out on February 10th via Napalm Records. You can pre-order your copy now over at delane.nl. Now to conclude this episode, I am recommending the band Carbon Theory. Carbon Theory are a, quote, South Coast progressive metal band, quote, from Brighton, UK. They're an instrumental quartet that mixes gent progressive metal and some electronic elements into a massive metal feast. They recently dropped their second single. That song is called Mitosis, and here it is now in its entirety.
get mitosis and other stuff from Carbon Theory now over at carbontheory.bandcamp.com and follow them on Instagram at carbontheory.band. I would now like to invite you to head over to farbandmetal.com. There you can find old episodes, contact form if you're in a band and you want to be on the show and be featured as the recommendation. Uh, friends of the show, there's a store link, pretty pictures, other good stuff like that. And of course, the theme song is Farband Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.